0: Fuck White Urkel. We've seen it all before, so let's reload on a very special episode. Shows that suck and shows that float. Buckle up, buttercup, up, it's a bumpy road. Going deep inside the mainframe. Secret code. code, code. Some of this shit stinks, some of it's gold. gold. Yeah, it's ABC featuring the VIPs of SBT. Austin G and Dr. DB with C money. Weird TV is their specialty. It might be all four or just one, two, or three. Because they're old and kind of busy, so go get ready and take a peek. So set your phasers to download, the rarity that we have bestowed. Special moments no one would have showed. Open your body holes cause you're gonna get told. Grab yourself a drink and let's unload. In a very special episode, so...
1: Hello, and welcome to A Very Special Episode, the podcast which reviews very special episodes of 90s-era Brady Bunch rehashes. I am your host this episode, Austin Gorton, and with me performing physical exercise to suppress his burning biological urges is David Bitsenhofer, and also with us is Internet's Patrick Duffy. Yes. (laughs)
2: Um, I have my name written down here. It's Ryan Tanner Alexander.
3: (laughs) I thought about going with a joke like that, but then I figured that'd be insensitive. (laughs) Well, go fuck yourself. I'm not calling you a monster, Ryan, but (laughs) I'm not not calling you a monster.
1: (laughs) (laughs) This week, we are reviewing Step by Step Season 4, Episode 18, Back to School, in which perennial dum dum JT decides to go back to school, only to discover that he's still a dumb dum but maybe there's a good reason for that. Also, Frank and Carol are lowbrow parents, and Mark is DTF with his nerdy girlfriend.
3: <laughs> was that even a plot line, really? Yeah, it no. was, actually. It was a C-plot. With, like, two lines dedicated to it, I think.
2: I thought it was pretty well integrated into it. it had as much heft as any other plot line. <laughs> They spent more time that's talking fair about point. these kids. That's a fair point. <laughs> they spent more time talking about these kids' hormones than explaining how dyslexia works.
3: <laughs> well, that might be a good thing because I feel like they got a lot of it wrong to begin with. And
1: the hormones or the dyslexia, <laughs> both. Uh, that's a good point. I, I did somewhat bury the lead in my description that this is the JT has dyslexia episode. <laughs> Of uh, of step by step, and it is not terribly dissimilar from the Cosby Show episode in which Theo has dyslexia, but there isn't a raving sex criminal at the heart of this show. So, no, but there is it... a guy who beat up his wife. Yeah, because yeah, I mean, apparently, no one in no TV show is clear of <laughs> of terrible garbage people at <laughs> well, this point. It's interesting
2: how they become special episodes in other ways.
1: You know, yeah, right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, so Ryan and David, you guys were, you did a step-by-step Step episode previously uh, as part of our first summer theme marathon when we all did TGIF episodes, mm. Yeah. so unless your relationship with Step-by-Step Step has changed appreciably since the recording of that episode, uh, we probably don't need you to go into what your relationship with the show was. Oh, I just
2: want to say that uh, I had some social plans this evening. That I moved around in time to do the recording, but there was a chance that Carol was going to sub in for me. It was going to be one of us or the other, and I almost was like, ah, "I should just stick with these plans." But I was like, "Can't miss a step-by-step review." <laughs> <laughs> There's something about the TGIF shows, man, where I just I want to talk suck about it,
1: right. Uh, well, this is my my first step-by-step episode. I oh, was is that right? My, yeah, I was not on the uh, I oh. was not on the one when. When Mark was taken in by the dangers of video games, oh,
2: such a good episode <laughs> uh, that we did
1: earlier. So, not that I have a, a terribly complicated relationship with the show. Wait, that one also
2: has like two minutes at the end, where it's like not even a special episode till the it's like a the very end. Yeah, You're like, oh, it's a special episode.
1: Yeah, um, I watched this. I watched step by step. Uh, it was part of the the run of Tgif, with which I was most familiar. Um, I don't, I remember enough of the characters' names that I didn't have to look anyone's name up while writing my notes, but oh, wow. also don't remember, like, I totally did not realize that uh, Suzanne Summers got pregnant at some point in this show, mm. yeah, and that they, cus- they presumably Cousin oliver things up next season with a new baby. I think they did. Well, it's not Cousin Oliver, because... Cousin Oliver's different than a
2: baby. It's like yeah, I suppose that's true. Same mm-hmm. basic principle, but the sitcom rule for babies is there's a pregnancy season, and then there's a having a baby season, which is usually downplayed a lot. And then they have like a four year old. Yeah, yeah. Which yeah, yeah. I think I don't know. I couldn't tell you if they did that on this show. I don't remember.
1: Yeah, I honestly don't don't recall.
2: But I always felt like they didn't have enough
1: kids on this show. <laughs> Yeah, the the one thing this show needed, it was more kids running around. (laughs) More smarmy little kids. (laughs) But yeah, I definitely think I'd probably put step by step third behind Full House and Family Matters and in terms of my familiarity. Really? What about
2: Perfect Strangers?
1: Uh, Yeah, probably on the same level as Perfect Strangers. Like I watch Perfect Strangers, but I don't remember a lot of it. What about Hanging with Mr. Cooper? (laughs) Uh, definitely this, I'm more familiar with this than Hanging with Mr. Cooper. Oh, interesting. Hanging with Mr. Cooper became part of TGIF more towards the end of when I was still watching ABC family-friendly sitcoms on Friday nights. I only got like a season or two of that under my belt.
2: Mm. It was was rebooted to be a TGIF show, too. That was a weird thing about that show.
1: Right. I may, you know, now that you mentioned that, I may not have even watched it on TGIF. I may have watched the pre-TGIF iteration.
2: Yeah, that was a weird retooling of a show
1: and just so our listeners don't uh have any mistaken impression that i was cooler than i actually was huh. it's not like i stopped watching tv on friday nights because i was like going on dates or hanging out with friends i was just watching different tv then on uh, friday nights yes. well, after then- a certain point and like going to movies and stuff
2: uh and then tgif got all like um Kids with powers eventually, right? Yeah,
1: I mean, like by the time Sabrina was part of TJF, like I have no, I I did not watch Sabrina at all. Um, that was I was I was done with TJF by the time that I joined the lineup. So,
3: which of the sisters on Step by Step did you have a crush on when watching?
1: Oh, the that's a good question. Ooh, that is a good question. Um, probably the snarky, smart one, Dana. 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 Yeah. yeah,
2: I'm a Dana man.
1: That yeah, was an owl. <laughs> okay, yeah. Oh, Al. Yeah. Oh, L. Oh, David likes his tomboys. Yeah. he
3: does.
2: I mean, I do like the dumb hot one. Like yeah. Karen. If we're talking one time.
1: <laughs> well, okay, let's all right, let's do it then. F okay. Mary oh, Kill. No.
2: Al Dana Karen. <laughs> That's tough. Cause yeah. I definitely would F Karen is her name, the dumb one. Yeah. yeah. And then, but it's hard, because it's like, Dana, I probably had the biggest crush on, but I couldn't really imagine being married to her. (laughs) Yeah, you feel like that might get a
3: little tiresome, right? Right, (laughs) right. So,
2: I might have to marry Al, actually. Can I just F them all? (laughs) (laughs) I like how we only
3: won't say fuck in that one
2: context
0: on the show. (laughs) I'm just... (laughs) (laughs)
3: <laughs> Suddenly realizing how valuable a female presence on our podcast is. I we... know,
1: right? I was just thinking, I was like, damn, I should have had Carolyn come on as the fourth. <laughs> Somehow it would make this conversation feel less creepy.
3: I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> It'd still be creepy. It
1: would be. I, I didn't say it would stop it, David. I said it would be less creepy. Just what about the
2: sons? There we go. That'll even yeah, out. Yeah. You have to F. So what is it? There's... JT. Uh, JT's the dum-dum. And then there's the Mark nerdy kid the who's nerd. like the Urkel knockoff. Yeah. He's like, we should just call him White Urkel. <laughs> <laughs> and then do you pick the smallest kid or Cody? I guess it's less disgusting if you pick Cody. Yeah, we got to go Oh, yeah. Cody. Versus
1: Brendan. I mean, this yeah. is the
3: problem is like, he, I can get in the headspace with the sisters because like growing up, I just have a crush on one of them. But now with the sure. boys, now it just feels like I'm being super creepy, like because yeah, they're so right, because
2: You're looking at it as an adult, whereas if you're talking about Dana, you remember being 12. Yeah. Yeah, I get that. That, That's such a weird phenomenon of, like, nostalgic
1: crushes
2: where you're like, oh, I had a crush on this. Ah, she's a kid. Yeah, exactly.
0: (laughs)
1: "Ah." (laughs) Well, right. And, like, when you were a kid and she was maybe a couple years older than you... It wasn't creepy, but now, like, you're watching that show and she's still that age, but right. you're now 20 years older, and it's like, ah. That's what I'm saying, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, let's just sidestep this hornet's nest entirely <laughs> and dive into the cold open. I don't think we sidestepped it entirely. I think we've got stung a few times on this little journey, but let's, so... <laughs> let's run away quickly from this hornet's nest while a swarm of hornets continue to sting us. I'd
2: fuck White Urkel. <laughs>
1: In the cold open j t is lamenting his go nowhere life to the codester, and uh that ultimately culminates in him deciding to go to college.
3: yeah, but well
2: <laughs> I'm so frustrated with his college application process that's like really bothered me that's this show
3: is white privilege the series. <laughs> But first, I'm wondering, when did the Codester become all about school is cool?
1: Like, I feel like probably right around the same time that he became the star of this show. I get
3: Like, he's so puerile in this, uh, I think, for the remaining seasons, too. But he was always, like, he was first presented as, like, a rebel. I guess he really just had, like, a jesse kinsopoulos art to him right
2: i think he was always a pretty g-rated rebel like yeah like
1: jesse kinsopoulos (laughs) yeah
2: because it isn't well jesse though at least is like having sex with lots of strange women at the (laughs) beginning of the series yeah that's true Isn't cody a
1: virgin isn't there a whole thing about him being a virgin that was almost an episode we did for this in this slot when I was like, I'll do step by step. And then there's like three or four to pick from. And this that was one of them.
3: But I feel like they didn't explicitly say he was having sex, but he's living in a trailer. And I feel like, did he have a like, date? Was he David, dating ladies? David, But then I feel like he became a virgin after being more sanitized. David, don't you
2: know. don't become a virgin.
3: <laughs> <laughs> when you're a writer for TGIF, you do.
1: David, he did not live in a trailer. He lived in a van. Yeah. All
3: right. All right. <laughs>
1: It was like a big conversion yeah, van it, with the sliding door on it. It's a sex van. Come on.
3: He's...
2: Yeah.
1: No, totally. I'm with you. I'm with you. I don't think he, I think he's just a slacker
2: is the idea. Like, yeah. But I yeah. think
1: that once he kind of like with Jesse and full house, when he became sort of the, the breakout character, then they start sanding off some of the rough edges because he becomes like, we have to put him in every scene And so we're going to need him to, like, say or do a wide variety of things in order to support being in every scene. Mm -hmm. And so, like, in this scene, he's, or this, you know, throughout this whole episode, he becomes like Mr. Pro Education because we need somebody to be prodding JT and that somebody is going to be the breakout star of our show at this point.
2: I want to say two things about that. One is that. He's such a manufactured breakout character. Like, (laughs) Mm -hmm. a character like Urkel was by accident. Like, they had a one-shot character who became the breakout character. Whereas Cody, to me, even when I was, like, ten and I watched this, it really felt like they were forcing this idea that he was the breakout character. Like, they audiences didn't tell the show that that was the breakout character. The show told audiences that that was the breakout character. Yeah. Yeah. And then the other thing is that the Uncle Jesse arc is partially because there wasn't a standard for that show yet. Full House sort of was amorphous at the beginning and became a cheesy family comedy. Like that was where it found its audience and that was what it leaned into. Whereas by the start of this show, they this is TGIF was already a thing. They had a format. Everything was family friendly. Like Cody wasn't fucking strange women and then he became a virtuous (laughs) character cody was by design going to be a breakout character and was gonna be like a young rebel who was actually enforcing like christian values to the youth of america
1: (laughs) david do you like how ryan talks about full house like he's the internet's foremost expert on full house i am i
2: am (laughs) it's official I was on Canadian
3: public radio. <laughs> <laughs> At the very least, Cody was presented as an idiot to start. No, that one, Yeah. Him son- yeah.
1: Right. Okay, so JT decides that he's going to go back to college, and apparently all that takes is the opening credits. Yeah. <laughs> Do you
2: guys remember when you applied for college, and then one minute later... You were in college.
3: (laughs) I mean, I guess to be fair to the show, and not that I really want to be fair to the show, I never (laughs) told you how much time had passed between this and the next scene, but then you didn't get a sense that there was much time passing, so.
2: No, or that, like, the college application (laughs) process, it just seems like they skipped out on a lot of um, (laughs) premises for episodes for themselves, actually. Yeah, it's true.
1: Yeah, you feel like they could have mined that whole, like, sequence for a lot of stuff. They should have come back from the
3: credits and everyone had beards now.
1: (laughs) (laughs) To show the passage of time. Well, and there's ways
2: around this. Like, he could have been like, oh, I enrolled in community college. Yeah. Okay, that totally works. But it's like he still has to go to some elitist fucking, you know,
1: local sports
2: team college.
1: Right, right. Speaking of local sports team, here's a here's a question that I that, that came to me. So you watch the opening credits, and it's they're all at the theme park, right, mm-hmm. uh-huh. or the the amusement park. You know, riding a roller coaster and eating cotton candy, and Codester wins a bear, and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> Codester uh, wins a bear, <laughs> and then uh, like the the sort of the pullout shot as they're all like on the roller coaster. Wait, it looks I want to like- talk more about the phrase pullout shot. <laughs> <laughs> At the end of the credits, as they're all going down the roller coaster, the camera pulls out and gets wider and wider and wider.
0: <laughs> and it shows
1: that, like, it looks like this this amusement park is, like, Oceanside.
3: Mm-hmm. Oh, like,
1: yeah. the, like, the roller coaster is, like, up against the, the shoreline of an ocean. Uh-huh. But I'm pretty sure this takes place in Wisconsin, doesn't it? Yeah, they got
3: lakes in Wisconsin.
1: But it looks like the ocean, like it looks like waves crashing on the shore.
2: Yeah, I'm pretty sure they're at Six Flags Magic Mountain. Okay. I remember wondering, because I grew up near there. I yeah, which that's feel, California, yeah. so. But you know what? I got to just say that the theme song is so good that I don't
3: <laughs> care what I'm looking at. <laughs>
1: it's when so I, good in its genericness. When if I tr-
3: really worried about it, Austin, I think people in Wisconsin can travel to other states. It it has happened before
1: Thank you, David I I just know (laughs) that when I hear
2: children's voices singing in a chorus (laughs) I'm willing to forgive any discrepancies (laughs) that are occurring around it
1: My only counterpoint, David, to your perfectly cromulent observation That people from Wisconsin can travel to other states Is, isn't it odd to set the opening of your show That's going to be on the beginning of every single episode in a state that's not where the show takes place.
3: Yeah, although it's also in a theme park that they never go to in the actual shows. So yeah, I, I suppose.
1: Or well, like f- uh, they got a
3: film. They should have just had it be yeah. a Disney World, like everything else. <laughs> <laughs> they just shouldn't have done the wide shot or something.
2: Like yeah, that.
1: exactly. It's all if, if they hadn't done the wide shot, I'd be like, oh, this is just some fictional Wisconsin amusement park, mm-hmm. whatever. But... Anywho, we come back from the credits, and the Codeman and Dana and JT are all studying at the kitchen table because, as we've said, JT has spent approximately 60 seconds applying for college, getting accepted, and starting his classes.
2: He spends as much time studying as he did applying to college. <laughs>
1: <laughs> which is to say less than 30 seconds.
3: I just I'm trying to picture the scenario in which you and your family members just sit at the table to study together but different subjects as well. Just to-
2: I'm trying to imagine a more hilarious <laughs> premise for a scene <laughs> in a sitcom than three people
1: studying. <laughs> <laughs> I know, David. Like what what does anyone what is anyone in that scenario gaining from that mm-hmm. s- setup? You're uh, not alone,
2: you know? There's just people around you while you study. Yeah.
1: But, like, if they were all in, like, a like a living room, and, like, someone yeah. was on the couch, and someone was on the chair, but they're, like, at one end of the table, like, their books are touching each other, like, overlapping, like, they're in this atten- intense study session, like, they're all studying different things. Well, they study for, like, eight seconds anyway, so it doesn't yeah. matter. Which is eight seconds more than I studied in college. Um... <laughs> JT is having a hard time focusing because he is supposed to be reading his economics basic book. Mm, remember which, that for later. Which, yeah, Cody points out that it's actually basic economics, you dummy. Uh, which is foreshadowing, you guys. It's
2: true. It's it's clever writing.
1: So yeah. then, <laughs> yes, <laughs> clever. So then, uh, JT goes up to his room to study by himself. Well, he went up to his room to masturbate. <laughs> <laughs> I mean you're not wrong. No. Speaking of masturbation, yes. in the next scene, Mark's nerdy girlfriend is comparing him to Arnold Schwarzenegger. Mm-hmm. And then uh
3: what's the dad's name again? Uh, TV's, TV's
1: Patrick, Patrick Duffy. Duffy. TV's
3: Patrick Duffy, yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> he's just really ragging on Mark and it's well, like Calm down, man. He's he's your stepson, like Right? And like can't... the whole this is where, okay, maybe I'm just getting a little bit sensitive, because it strikes a little bit close to home, but I feel like this whole uh, Mark and his girlfriend are hot for each other C-plot. Which... I'm sorry, who and his girlfriend? M- Mark. Who is that? Isn't that... Isn't that the... <laughs> White Urkel? White oh, Urkel! White Urkel. <laughs> sorry! <laughs> yes! <laughs> yes uh,
0: okay. the White, so Urkel, White Urkel subplot, yes. So
1: White Urkel and his girlfriend's whole <laughs> subplot, <laughs> uh-huh. which... If memory serves, this is a a well they return to often during this era of the series. White Urkel's horny girlfriend? Yeah. She's like the uh, anti-Laura Winslow. Yeah. The whole gag, like the repeated gag is predicated on this notion of like, ha ha, someone likes the nerd. Isn't that funny? Uh She's really into the nerd. Nerds don't get girlfriends. (laughs) Ha ha. I think it's more based on something
2: that there is truth to, which is that nerdy girls love to
3: fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Am I right, listeners? I'm just, uh, the nerd not getting women in high school seems to check out with my life experiences. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Doesn't... (laughs) Would you- no 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 Ryan I have never really found women wanting to fuck so I, don't know I mean. well, I'm really looking forward to your wedding next
1: week. <laughs> uh so At then least in high school so then Carol comes down uh, she is visibly pregnant and TV's Patrick Duffy is super horny and DTF that pregger's lady i know uh, he's, he's 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 excited cuz he just got his zorro costume back from the cleaners he's trying to make a a twin for that baby to absorb <laughs> <laughs> um i'm curious i don't know if
3: that's how it works trying but
1: uh. i'm pretty sure I, <laughs> I'm curious why he was wearing the Zorro costume and why it needed to be cleaned. I sh- don't think
3: you're curious about that at all, Oz. I think you know the answer
2: that. To was that.
1: a rhetorical curiosity.
3: <laughs> this show is
2: all about their sex kinks because it's a family show. Right. And they had to right. clean it because it has sperm all over it. <laughs> Zorro wears a black costume, so sperm yeah. really shows up.
1: Yeah. That's true. <laughs> and-
3: this show really does like to talk about how much they like to fuck though like,
1: I feel I feel like the undercurrent to this series is these six kids have to deal with living with each other just because their parents like to fuck
3: yeah, yeah. well they have to deal with that too like they're trying to get some sleep and they're just hearing like the bed hitting the wall like <laughs> yeah. every night and sex swings and yeah. all this kind of thing.
2: it's step by step step one get some earplugs
3: <laughs> Steph, do always knock before I turn your parents' around. (laughs) Always
1: Or you're gonna see some shit (laughs) that's your own fault (laughs) Uh, So Carol's big idea for the B-plot of this episode is that she is trying to get their uh, unborn child into a prestigious preschool Mm -hmm. So they're having representatives from said school come over and judge them Uh, to determine if they are appropriate candidates for their snooty preschool.
3: I similarly wonder if that's ever been a process ever of, like,
1: going to someone's
3: house to investigate whether they can come to your school or not.
1: Yeah, like, I'm 100% on board with the concept of, like, it's a prestigious preschool and it's hard to get into and there's some sort of, like, evaluation application process, Mm -hmm. but I highly doubt... Any of those schools are sending people over to homes to like count yeah. how many paperback books they have. Yeah, yeah this is world. another case of uh
2: yeah. yeah, this is another case of not wanting to build an additional set.
1: Yeah, One hundred percent. TV's Patrick Duffy finds the whole prestigious preschool thing cuckoo bananas, but uh, he's gonna go along with it because he wants to have sex.
3: Yeah, and and to be fair, I've, all I've heard is that. Regardless of prestigious, prestigious or not, getting your child into preschool is now like more and more difficult. Like you have to like start almost when you are pregnant to like figure that crap out, and it's more yeah. expensive. Yeah, we...
1: <laughs> no fucking kidding. So, uh, yeah, there's a there's a bit in here where they talk about doing like Shakespeare in the Park at this school, and yeah. and TV's Patrick Duffy is incredulous. He's like, "Oh, so to poop or not to poop." And then uh, that gets a huge laugh from the audience. Well, I ask myself
2: that all the time.
3: Yeah. (laughs) The answer is always to poop. I don't know.
1: Sometimes you're running short on time and you gotta make some tough decisions. That is true. That is true. Uh, Next scene, the Codemeister wants some applause from Dana because he has successfully wrapped a present for JT. Wait, hold on. We left something out. What's that? As if on cue, they're talking, he's talking about how
2: Oh, yeah. TV's Patrick <laughs> Duffy talks about how his kids turned out fine. And then Brendan, yeah. is it? Yes, yeah. it Comes is Brendan. stuck in a garbage can. Yep. Yeah. And I want to say that this kid Brendan, who I'm sorry, I don't know where he is now. I'm assuming he is dead. <laughs> um, he's a major example to me of a cute little kid that just didn't work out. <laughs>
1: Uh, let's see, Brendan is played by an actor named Josh Byrne. Well, he's played by a kid who got hired to play him. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I wouldn't and, call him an uh, actor. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Uh, he was also Joey on Who's the Boss for three episodes. Oh. Huh. I don't know if that means anything to anyone. No. But, that just uh, reminds
3: me of that Who's the Boss is a show in- Maybe we show sure we should do right.
1: Yeah, we totally should. Have we not done who's the boss? We've, we have never done who's the boss. Oh my god! <laughs> we should have a Tony Danza month. <coughs> Mona died at the same right, right around the same time as Luke Perry. And sorry, Mona, Luke Perry got the AVSE memorial episode thanks to me.
2: Oh, uh, Mona from Who's the Boss?
1: Yeah, she died a couple months ago. Oh, she was old in the eighties, <laughs> right? Right. She had a good run. So anyway, according to the crack research team, Josh Byrne exists and is still alive, but did not do anything after Step by Step. So all we can tell you for sure is that he did not die of a drug overdose. Right. At least as far as we can tell. At least Uh, at the the beginning of this
2: recording, that's true.
1: (laughs) (laughs) By the time you're listening to it, all bets are off. We
2: don't owe you anything.
3: It was... I was, I thought about analyzing the fact that he like dove into a garbage can to get like a cookie, but then they, but the garbage can was apparently empty, but he still couldn't get at it. But is this show worth that?
1: Also, was that analysis maybe going to strike a little too close to home for yeah. you? Yeah. So, well, I was well, like, no, I, that would do no, that.
3: I, I have no problem diving into a garbage for a cookie. Like, that, that's like half my life, but, uh, you know, usually the garbage is full, so if he gets stuck in it, crap's going to be falling out. And it was like a completely empty garbage can. It kind of weird.
2: Well,
1: he came in from right the time. other
2: room, so I would just assume that all the garbage poured out while he was making his <laughs> way. Impossible. Eh, <laughs>
1: Someone's going to go in that kitchen and be like, oh, God.
2: But it's uh, true. I didn't judge because I got long arms. <laughs> that's a
1: that's a privilege I have. Yeah, so you're yeah, yeah. checking
3: gonna... your privilege right yeah, there. Yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. So yeah, Code wants a wants a hand from Dana, uh-huh. uh, but by which he means applause, because uh-huh. uh, he wrapped up a present that he bought for JT on the occasion of JT's first t- college test.
3: Yeah, that's not weird at all, right? Like, yeah,
1: right. And and literally, this entire like they could have just had Cody and. Dana sitting on the couch and the JT walks in all pissed off. They did this whole like wrapping a present just for the give me a hand. Oh, you want some help? No, just applause gag.
2: That was a pretty good bit, though. I guess. For yeah. this episode, it was an outstanding <laughs> yeah, if I mean, bit.
1: <laughs> if we're grading on a curve, sure. Uh, uh, so Code Meister is confident that uh, JT will have done well on his test. Uh, Dana insists no he is dumb Uh, He storms in JT that is and he is mightily Pissed off because he has Failed that test and he is Entirely too dumb for college Commercial break
2: Oh well he also comes in and displays Toxic masculinity in a major Way you know by like Throwing crap around he just like comes in and like Beats up the front of the house (laughs) because He Mm -hmm. failed a test
1: yeah, like, chucks his backpack across the room and kicks something, and, yeah, Yeah, yeah. so after the commercial, uh, Carol and TV's Patrick Duffy are bickering over how fancy they need to be for the preschool recruiters. Uh, TV's Patrick Duffy is wearing uh, an elaborately gaudy belt buckle. What yeah, is that for,
2: belt buckle? I couldn't... The- part of it is our shitty daily motion videos that we watched.
1: <laughs> yeah. But I was like, it's got a big pink pixel in the middle. Like, what is it? To be fair, I watched this on Hulu and it was still hard to tell what that buckle was. I just realized I have Hulu.
2: I should have watched it on that.
1: <laughs>
2: Hashtag first world problems. Did, well, it was right.
3: something hey. he has worn once in this entire series and only... To be comment only for the reason of being commented on by other characters, exactly, and to make himself look more rednecky, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Like, because he shows up, he's like, "Why the hell is TV's Patrick Duffy wearing this gaudy belt buckle like he's from Texas
1: that we've never seen him wear before or after this scene? Like, it's just to be like, oh, he's a podunk redneck." Mm -hmm. So the snooty recruiters arrive, and they are snooty. One of them is, is named Smythe, not Smith. Mm. Uh, and uh, they talk about, uh, TV's Patrick Duffy and Carol talk about like how great their kids are. And then Al and Brendan well, come in. Well,
3: you're missing, you really are overlooking a important point that kind of got my blood boiling. Which
1: uh-huh. was what?
3: And they were offered pie and
1: refused That's Aww. true, yeah Car- Carol has made a homemade lemon meringue pie And they even turned up their nose at pie That's how snooty they are
3: Yeah, uh, uh, what would have been
1: acceptable They're like, Right, like mm, what's I, I was trying to out think, out like what's a snooty enough. dessert I don't yeah. know Like <laughs> Was she supposed to make pedophores, is that it? <laughs> I guess, yeah I don't, I don't know, homemade pie, it's tough to make pie Like yeah. Madeline, she'd made like Homemade Madelines with yeah. that offensive dish.
0: <laughs> I don't know
1: <laughs> Uh, so, yeah, Alan and Brendan come in on cue of, like, our kids are great. And they're going to do this trick where Brendan drinks milk upside down and blows bubbles out his nose. Which we've seen as many times as this belt buckle. <laughs>
2: exactly.
1: Exactly. <laughs> well, well, the only thing, and this is just a real sitcom thing, is, like,
3: When I was a kid, if your parents are, like, meeting with other adults, you don't just barge in with whatever (laughs) business you have on your mind, you know?
1: Well, also, in the kid's defense, when you were a kid and your parents were meeting other adults, (laughs) before those adults came over, your parents were probably like, hey, David, we're having adults over go into Mm -hmm. we have guests over mode in which you don't just storm into the room with whatever nonsense is on your mind. But these two kids clearly have no idea what's going on, because they're like, who are those people as they're being ushered out of the room? And especially
3: with these parents, when they're having adults over, you don't want to barge into that (laughs)
1: room. (laughs) I know, right? Like,
2: what was the third step? (laughs) Um, But it's true. I mean, I feel like these parents aren't, qualified for this preschool
1: (laughs) (laughs) so while while the, the snooty lady uh interviews tv's patrick duffy and carol uh mr smythe proceeds to carry out an inspection on their house he deducts 10 points for having paperbacks on their shelves i don't even get that it's well,
3: it's classist stereotyping, I think. I don't know. This is, I don't the,
1: know like, if ridiculous. they had good intellectual books, they would all be hardcovers, I guess. Um, I don't know. It's yeah. the same books. <laughs> well, yeah, that's... I mean, there used to be... Back in the old days like good quality like literary books learned books and all that were published in hardcover and paperbacks were the sort of like stuff of pulpy garbage but they were paperbacks in terms of like like the dime store paperbacks where you know you drop a dime and get like 10 stories in this like shitty little paperback and it's all like pulp fiction kind of stuff and I think that's what they're playing off of here, but by, you know, the early nineties, we are well entrenched in a in a book world where like every book comes out as a hardcover and then it has a paperback release, and that's not because it's lowbrow and needs paperback, it's because they figured out they could make money by selling it in multiple formats.
2: hmm Well, I'm glad I'm glad we got that sorted out. <laughs> he also goes
1: and <laughs> makes sure that they have nutritious food in their house. And I'm like, the kid isn't even fucking born yet. They don't even have nutritious food for it. Well, they tested the uh, fluids in the amniotic sac. Yeah. <laughs> waiting for that. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it becomes clear that uh, the kid isn't getting into this. Uh, Wait,
2: I liked how all the things that Suzanne Summers was worried about, uh, TV's Patrick Duffy doing, come up in the interview. They're like, you got a fishing magazine. You got <laughs> this
3: fucking mm-hmm. stupid belt buckle on. It's <laughs> like, fair enough, you know?
0: Yeah, I know.
3: <laughs> <laughs> but this whole scene seems like, I don't know... It feels like this is why we have Trump, kind of, I don't know, where, House yeah. where this is how, like, certain people view intellectuals, I <laughs> yeah, guess, is totally. all looking down on everybody, like, mm, you have a fishing magazine, you must be an idiot, and I'm like, I don't think that's how it all works, so I don't know. Yeah.
1: Yeah, no, I, 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 de- I know what you mean, David, I totally got, like, a vibe from this the same way, where it's like... This is uh this is a skewed view of what people think smart people are like. Yeah. And it and it's well, cause as you pointed out, right? Like this family couldn't be any more like upper class white privilege. <laughs> yeah. And so, like, yes, we've got this gaudy belt buckle on TV's Patrick <laughs> Duffy and stuff, but I'm like and he doesn't regularly wear it. he doesn't either. regularly wear, like, this is I, I wouldn't say that like the show goes out of its way to present them as being like very like upper class culture types but they're not a bunch of like rednecky dum-dums either yeah. well, except right now yeah. where they want to you know play up the fact that they're being looked down on by these pseudo-intellectuals
2: yeah it's kind of amorphous based on the premise yeah, yeah. i mean they say the last cultural event they went to was snoopy on ice pretty We're lowbrow just... if you
3: ask me yeah, what? i don't know that doesn't sound terrible to me yeah well you're a part of the problem david <laughs> right. um, what? I have is, no defense.
2: What is TV's Patrick Duffy's
3: job on this show? He's a he's a contract like a contract work. Um,
1: oh yeah, the, like uh, a contractor. Like he does, yeah, yeah. you know, construction construction. Work, that's
3: where I was trying
2: to. Get, works
1: yeah. on houses and buildings and all of that kind of does stuff. Does he
2: make like a million dollars a year to support <laughs> fucking forty kids? I mean, <laughs> you, you <would> must. Think.
1: <laughs> yeah. Because I know Suzanne
2: Summers is a hairdresser and her hair salon is like connected to the house based on but, the episode.
3: Yeah, but I think they got rid of that premise after like the first season.
2: Yeah, they didn't ever do anything with it, but it just yeah. seems like times would be tough in this house.
3: <laughs> you would think. He must make a lot of money uh, doing uh, his m- contract work, yeah? He must. Although yeah, Carl, he may... Carl Winslow is a cop.
2: And he seems yeah. to have plenty of money. Mm-hmm. He's got a hundred kids.
1: Yeah, that's true. I mean, it is it is kind of funny when you watch this and you think like, oh, TV's Patrick Duffy is a contractor. You know who else is a contractor? Dan Connor.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Although I think this guy like runs his own business.
1: Yeah, presumably. I'm assuming this guy does more like commercial yeah. stuff like, oh, we need to build an office building. So we go with TV Patrick TV's Patrick Duffy's contract company. Yeah. Mm-hmm versus like, oh, I just have this one off job that I need yeah. done. Yeah. But yeah. Let's let's just say that uh questioning where the money comes from in sitcom families is a, a fool's errand. <laughs> well, uh, in like 80s and
2: like eighties and nineties sitcom characters always seem to live well beyond their means.
1: Right.
3: Yeah. Well I think just the nature of T V everyone always lives in a bigger living space than nor- normally would be available to people. Yeah. I guess, you know. Just for bigger sets and blocking and stuff. Yeah, you,
1: just, yeah. You, you don't want to film the six friends bumping into each other in their <laughs> yeah. tiny-ass apartment. I mean, so. I think the
2: friends' apartment is, like, the most egregious of all Yeah, time. yeah. totally, totally. But that's been covered by yeah. better better shows than ours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so yeah. hasn't been covered? <laughs> <laughs> Probably this episode us. of Step by Step. <laughs> I don't think anyone's ever talked about this. <laughs>
1: Uh, so in the next scene, the code maniac thinks he can beat JT's brains into shape. Uh they're up in Mark's uh, White Urkel's bedroom. Thank you. And uh, he like he basically he's just like sit down and like throws the book at him.
3: Well, I mean, spoiler alert. Although I think we already spoiled it. Like JT has dyslexia, right? right. Whoa,
1: whoa, whoa, what?
3: Uh,
2: <laughs> Actually, what? his name is TJ. <laughs> <laughs>
3: but they act like... I'm sorry, I'm laughing at my
2: own joke. It's so clever. (laughs) Okay,
3: sorry, yeah. (laughs) But it's not... Some people have trouble learning anyway, like,
1: regardless
3: of if it's an actual, like, condition right, like or he could know? just
1: have like a legitimate learning disability yeah, where or it's, it's, it's difficult just, for him to process information taken off guys, the written dyslexia
2: page dyslexia is a legitimate learning disability well,
1: no, i mean like a less no.
3: obvious one i guess i was is- saying maybe it's just kind of dumb and i don't know if like saying just read more here just read this again is gonna work like you gotta start figuring out what works for him at some point right now
1: right like there are some people who aren't good on tests and there are some people mm-hmm. who learn better visually than from reading a book or whatever
2: I just was at a teacher training about uh, it was mostly about trauma-informed care okay which is hilarious um,
1: <laughs> sounds like it
2: there was I won't get as many as much mileage as when I had that CPR training that was yeah. <laughs> that was much funnier yeah um, but uh, there was there was a, a sheet about the different learning styles, and one is that some people like you have to sing to them the information. Hmm. Okay, and I was just like, you know, I'm all about acknowledging everyone's learning styles and <laughs> needs, but I just don't know if I can offer you what you need. If you, <laughs> if you need me to sing you the instructions, I I don't know if I can. Do that. Yeah.
1: Does rapping count as singing in that scenario?
2: Oh, that's a
1: good question. In that case, I'm back on board. <laughs> uh, so while JT is rereading the the book that uh, that 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 he couldn't read before, mm-hmm. uh, the Code Maniac is giving Mark some uh, relationship advice about how to. To tackle their burning biological urges without giving in to them.
2: White Urkel's like, I keep busting these nuts up in (laughs) there. I can't stop. I can't stop hitting it.
3: And White Urkel's Any basically. Got available, I gotta fill.
1: <laughs> White Urkel's basically like We're we're both DTF, but we we are on a, a 90s sitcom, so we can't do that. What is your advice? And it's basically like play ping pong because then you'll be doing something physical and getting sweaty with each other, but there'll be a net in between you. Ah, is that what he says? I must yeah. have spaced out. It's tricky
2: though, because like his modeling at home. One is his parents are constantly fucking in the house. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> but two, there's clearly too many kids in this house. Yeah. So you yeah. see both the pros and the cons are constantly
3: <laughs> up in your face. Well, how old is Mark supposed to be in this episode? I'm
2: sorry, I don't know who you're talking about. <laughs> sorry, White Urkel. Oh, oh White I- Urkel. I always say like twelve.
3: I don't know. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to because that's too young, right? You can't be. <laughs> Speak for yourself. <laughs> I'm not saying it doesn't happen. I'm just saying I
1: think in my.
2: <laughs> you're saying opinion. that you didn't get laid till you're 40. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the, the actor was born in 1980. This episode aired in 95. So if we go, if we assume that he's pretty close in age, yeah. like 14, 15. Yeah.
3: Yeah, that's yeah. too close to where you can be like, yeah, just wrap just, it up. I guess I don't know. Yeah,
2: yeah, <laughs> yeah. Totally.
1: close. Yeah, yeah. right that's on the right on. it should be apparent. and right always
2: always remember to lick it before you stick it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, so then uh, JT gets pissed off again because whatever he reads doesn't get into his head, which and... I don't think
3: is how dyslexia works either. But I, I
2: yeah, feel I'm.
1: Like... Yeah, I don't know. I'm, uh,
3: uh, by the
2: end of the episode, David, you'll have a very rounded and deep understanding of the <laughs> so not don't, don't worry too much.
1: Uh, so then uh, the Code Maniac is like, you know, you're just goofing off, man, like you always do. And JT gets... Uh, Gets pissed off, and he's like, why does everybody think that I'm just goofing off, man? I'm trying. And <laughs> when, I, when I read the words, they just don't come out right. I can't read this economics basics book. And then Cody's like, whoa, whoa, man, it's basic economics. Are you, like, dyslexic or something? And then the twinkly Miller Boyette music comes on as White Urkel says, hey... Maybe he is dyslexic. Mixing up words is a symptom of dyslexia. I know, I like
2: that. He was like, based on the uh, 1995 standards of learning <laughs> disabilities, a f-
3: vital sign of dyslexia is... Which I don't think is actual sign of dyslexia either, but...
1: <laughs> Mixing up words?
3: Yeah, I don't think it's about... Putting words in front of like it's more letter. I
1: oh yeah, yeah, yeah! I know what you mean. You the the letters get scrambled. It's not a matter of like yeah reading the words in a sentence out of order. It's reading the letters in the word out of order. Well, I just listened
2: mm-hmm. to a really good episode of Fresh Air featuring the Fonz. Hey, and he is dyslexic. Oh, really? So, if you'd like to actually learn something about dyslexia, I recommend a much better podcast than ours (laughs) titled "Fresh Air."
3: (laughs) The source of all truth, Wikipedia, yes, says uh, different people are affected to varying degrees. Problems may include difficulties in spelling words. Reading quickly, writing words, sounding out words in the head, pronouncing words when reading aloud and understanding what one reads. There you go. And so that's, to me, that's kind of all what I was saying, because I'm always right, right? Uh, no, that, <laughs> It's like, it's trouble like reading the words, not like mixing up the order of words. And I think, and it's just functionally being, it has the effect of just being a slower reader And then you just get frustrated with it, which is why you just don't do it as often, which then can create other problems when you're trying to study, obviously.
2: My only issue with any of this, David, is that I know that you wrote that Wikipedia
3: entry. (laughs) (laughs) No comment. (laughs) Just so you could be right about this episode. (laughs)
1: Hey, so there's one more kid in this family we haven't seen yet, and she makes her first appearance in the final scene of the episode. Ooh, Karen. Ooh Karen, la la. the uh, the ditzy hot daughter. Uh, well, the- can we
3: just, sorry, just to go back to one thing. Was Cody saying dyslexic as an insult?
2: No, I think he was trying to be human for a second and be like, well, it was kind of offhanded the way he says it, mm-hmm. but it almost seems like he might be realizing something I don't yeah, know. Maybe. Yeah. It was it was ambiguous.
3: Yeah.
1: Yeah, it felt it felt a little rhetorical to me in terms of, like, I don't think he was sussing out that JT was really dyslexic, but I also didn't take it as, like, a, look, what are you, retarded man? Kind of mm-hmm. insult. That would have been a good episode. <laughs> 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 so, yeah. Sure in that this would have scene, been handled
3: peacefully. Yeah. yeah, I'm
1: sure it would have been, David. Nothing... <laughs> nothing would suggest otherwise Uh, Karen is gathered with the rest of the family as they are awaiting the results of uh, JT's test and the discussion that they have amongst themselves provides some helpful info about dyslexia to anyone who maybe is listening to their conversation perhaps from the other side of the living room's fourth wall (laughs)
2: and it's like I like
1: that they put
2: any effort at all into describing (laughs) dyslexia but it's it's like a why bother level of <laughs> information.
3: <laughs> well, and their whole thing is like, maybe JT's dyslexic or he's an idiot. One or the other. <laughs> yeah, right. Totally. <laughs>
1: yeah, that's Dana, like, just jimes in. Like, she just is not letting this thing go. It's like, mm-hmm. people, he could just be an idiot. <laughs> Which is weird
3: because they're kind of equating people with dyslexia as like functional idiots basically. Like you're an idiot, you just have an excuse for it, I guess, or something. That is sort of the the message of this episode. <laughs> well,
1: kinda kind of until like sort of the very end. Um so yeah, White Urkel gives a lot of information about how like the different techniques that are out there and how sometimes they even get to take longer on their tests and stuff and things like that. Yeah, Uh, they do a nice little tight focus on White Urkel while he's delivering this this handy information, Mm -hmm. Uh, and then JT comes in the house and announces that he is indeed dyslexic, and it's hilarious because everyone like celebrates. Yeah, he's super pumped about it. Air quotes around it. Um, So they're like, let's go into the kitchen and celebrate with the rest of this anti-snooty pie that uh, Carol had baked, and JT's heading on in there, but the coordinator reminds him that. that being dyslexic doesn't mean he gets a get out of jail free card to be an idiot he's just gonna have to work even harder now can't he have some pie first though right i'm like dude just let him eat a slice of pie Wait, did we leave
2: out that suzanne summers throws a pie in the face of the woman (laughs) from the preschool oh yeah
1: i even had that we totally skipped over that yeah that's how the whole that's how the whole snooty preschool plot (laughs) ends when they when they realize that uh, they're not getting the kid in, Suzanne Summers throws a piece of pie in the lady's face. And it's
2: like, I i mean, I wasn't 100% on board for the fuck the snooty preschool premise in the first place. But once <laughs> Suzanne Summers throws a pie in her face, I'm like, what are you, an animal? What's wrong with you? like that your kid doesn't belong in pie. any preschool yeah it's a waste of pie <laughs> right <laughs> but it's also like such also it's like this like oldest gag that exists thing too mm-hmm. like a pie in the face yeah. is like
3: yeah well th- when they invented it television pie. we never said that right <laughs> that's true yeah too. right yeah. yeah
1: she's like oh would you like some of this pie <laughs> this
3: pie this creamy pie
2: <laughs> um yeah. so that was just that that didn't
3: there was, uh, there was many levels of mm-hmm. that, but that not being good. <laughs> but I did kind of like the fact that... Well, so TV's Patrick Gaddafi gets super turned on by this display. And so mm-hmm. then he wants to go up and fuck Suzanne Summers, <laughs> which is fine. But then he wants the pie with it, and I can get on yeah. board with that, too. Oh, yeah. Right.
2: yeah. Oh, yeah. Totally. Totally. That was the best part. Yeah. <laughs> but... And I like how every... Patrick, Duffy, Suzanne, Summer's plot ends with them going upstairs to fuck.
1: It's kind yes. of surprising that this is the first pregnancy that they've had.
2: I know. Right? Well, right. he pu- he pulls
3: out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she's <laughs> yeah, like
2: 50. That's,
3: that's why they <laughs> needed to get the uh, Zorro suit clean, right? He pulls out. Because yeah, <laughs> he pulls out.
1: So now on, on Daily Motion, did you guys get the uh, the stinger while the credits were playing? No. no did not. Okay, so after after the uh, uh, coordinator tells JT that he's got to work even harder now that he's dyslexic and he's like a kind of ending, uh, we come back from commercial and they're playing the credits over basically just another scene of uh, White Urkel and his girlfriend trying not to have sex. Oh, wow. so they so we get more hum- on this.
2: just humping on the couch with their clothes on. <laughs>
1: Is that while the credits play? Just like, Ugh, and, and, Ugh. And Cody's And Cody's like spraying them with a squirt bottle. They <laughs> won't stop.
3: Stop humping. Stop. <laughs>
1: he rolls you up a stop newspaper, humping. starts <laughs> So he's sitting on the couch and then...
2: Uh... White Urkel's in a Zorro costume. <laughs> <laughs>
1: they come in from outside and it's winter. So they're all like bundled up in winter gear, but they've been out taking a walk. But all that did was turn them on. And they talk about like, Oh, the way your tight little body cleaved the winter air and the (laughs) way your hot breath escaped from your mouth. And so then Kodorama's like, get back out there and, and take another lap. You got some more energy to burn off. And then he watches from the door. Like we see them disappear. And then he's like, Hey, no holding hands. Just uh, six inches apart. You get on the other sides of the street. So apparently they're like out humping in the snow at that point.
3: Yeah, this is a really horny show, you know.
1: It is. Yes. <laughs> really I didn't realize that. I don't. No, think.
2: it's definitely the horniest TJF show. <laughs> okay.
1: Yeah. JT is dyslexic, and that's okay.
3: Yeah, and I'm sure they're gonna really explore that as the series moves <laughs> on.
1: Forget the dyslexia. I'm curious if he's ever even in college again <laughs> after this. I know cuz this isn't exactly the kind of show where like the lie, like the specific jobs and lives and interests of the kids are terribly important i feel like like it's all about like pinging them off of each other but like oh you know JT got a job here or Dana's doing is yeah. on this team i don't know how much that ever like factored into the plots i'm not sure that's a good question i'd have to think about that like i feel like that was all. any of those sorts of things were just fodder for the interpersonal conflicts back at the house.
2: Yeah, I do feel like they must have had because any shows where the kids are aging, there's always built in things like that—they're graduating and going to college, right? And going stuff. to prom yeah. or
1: yeah, yeah. The, yeah,
2: first kiss or whatever. So yeah. there's some of it, but I really I can't remember this show well enough to say yeah, whether like. Or not. Uh,
1: This episode references a couple of times, particularly at the beginning, that, like, so this is now, you know, a semester or two after JT's graduated from high school, and he's got a job at a car wash. Yeah, and it seems like that's something they've set up. Well, it seems like it is, but I have no idea if it has been previously set up, and I wouldn't be at all surprised if this is the first and only mention of JT's car wash job. Yeah, well, that's one where that's on us for not knowing. True, that is. Yeah, I'm not... I'm not digging the show at this point. You win
2: you this round, Miller Boyette.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Our laziness gets you out
2: of this one for a change. So, so as far as, though, it being a treatment of uh, acknowledging dyslexia, um, how it's not a question of whether or not it failed. It's the question is how badly did it fail? Yeah. <laughs> Also, this weird step-by-step phenomenon, I think this is the only show, and it's happened both times we've watched it, where, well, this at least there was some setup of it being a special episode, mm. like you saw it coming, but it, does this even qualify? Because it's not even like they all come to. I mean, they're all sitting in a room together, but it seems like even less than a half-assed attempt, it's like a tenth of an ass
1: yeah, no, I think it I think it qualifies simply because we get the the Miller Boyette very special music and Yeah, you get we get that every episode. I know, but we also get the uh blatantly transparent exposition y dialogue yeah. after that where they're almost looking straight at the camera and being like, If you know someone who's dyslexic, here's how you can help them.
2: Yeah, by telling
1: them to read books. <laughs> like, those two things together is enough to make it a VSE. A I think.
2: And I like how the parents don't help at all. It's like, all yeah, you need no, is this for your is... idiot cousin who lives in the driveway... <laughs> To help you study.
1: While he's trying to keep your stepbrother from humping his girlfriend. I know, which
2: is a full-time job.
3: Apparently.
2: That kid can't keep it in his pants. So how do you guys feel about it as a treatment of an issue?
3: I don't know if (laughs) they... I don't know what they do. They just told you that... <laughs> <laughs> they told you dyslexia exists and that you'll have trouble reading if you have it, and that's about all we got on it. And maybe there's people out there who didn't know that at the time, and now they do, but they didn't. we didn't learn much more than that.
1: Yeah, you don't even get the sort of, like... Uh... Schmaltzy, you're not a less of a person. Mm-hmm. This doesn't mean that you're dumb. It just I mean, they kind of dance around the whole like you're not dumb, you're dyslexic thing, but they really don't even go down that road of like dyslexics are people too that some of these VSEs mm-hmm. uh deal with.
3: I mean, it doesn't help that JT's been like dumb the entire series and like not just reading-wise either, you know.
1: Yeah, I mean forget the forget this episode, like <laughs> Maybe TV's Patrick Duffy and Carol should stop fucking long enough to check out why one of their kids was having so many problems in school. I know, they're so
2: checked out. Right? <laughs> they're just having they're just having sex all the
3: time. <laughs> they really, really are.
1: <laughs> so yeah, I mean I guess it's I guess it could be somewhat beneficial in the early nineties to to suggest the notion that, hey, if if you or someone you know is struggling in school, there may be a reason for that and there might be help that they can get.
2: Well, so, I mean, I think my meter in general with very special episodes is often... Whether or not they try to, like, resolve it right away, like, I always prefer it strongly when it's more open-ended, when they're like, okay, we've acknowledged this, and now it's going to be a continued process of kind of adjusting to this, Mm -hmm. whether it's drug addiction or whatever, dyslexia, so I think it did that, which I always appreciate, it wasn't just like... Well, yeah, I mean, it wasn't like, like
1: he went to the dyslexia institute and now he's cured all fixed. Him. Yeah, <laughs> they gave him a pill. Um, <laughs> but
2: it also uh, is just there's so little effort goes into really spreading awareness of dyslexia or yeah. um, accommodating anyone. It 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 just feels like they threw a dart at a dartboard and we're like, it's, a, it's dyslexia. We'll do a dyslexia episode. <laughs>
1: Pretty much. Uh, any other final thoughts?
2: I just wish we'd done the Cody as a virgin episode.
1: <laughs> well, I'll put it in a queue, Ryan.
0: <laughs> yes.
3: <laughs> my, my, my last final thought is, I guess your refractory period isn't enough time to pay attention to your kids. You got to give it more time than just that. <laughs>
1: You need to parent your kids not just when the Zorro suit is at the cleaners. Exactly.
2: <laughs> when you're washing the sperm off
1: of your, sex
0: <laughs> off of your Zorro suit.
2: Have you guys seen that episode where it's like the kids are eating ice cream and then Patrick Duffy comes down and he's wearing like a rubber bodysuit <laughs> that it's covering everything, even his face and like there's zippers <laughs> over his eyes, except his dick is exposed. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the episode where Dana has a bake sale.
3: <laughs> oh, that was a good episode. And Karen like had like two had to date two guys in one night. And- yeah, she had to like wear a
2: mustache and pretend <laughs> had to be two people. <laughs> <laughs> oh god what a great show it's so weird that this whole lineup is so uh chased yeah. and then there's just this one show that's all about fucking <laughs> and dyslexia and not fucking yeah uh, you can only yeah well only cody doesn't fuck on this show yeah but he's learned.
3: making sure everyone else isn't fucking except the parents i guess you <laughs> That's true. While well, he lives in their driveway, he has to
2: abide by their rules. Oh, man. That was really satisfying. I think that's the best one I ever got out of Austin.
0: Oh, it's
1: a good thing that my video is turned off.
2: Yeah, because you're, you're wearing that suit.
1: <laughs> that's why I think it's so funny.
2: Oh my god, how does he know? How did he know? I turned my video off just for
1: this. I I zipped up my eye holes just for this.
3: (laughs) 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 Like the cuffs are on the on your mother, and we need to know where the keys are now. And then he's like his
1: only scene of the episode. He's like, ooh, ice cream. (laughs) 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 Oh (laughs) oh boy, all right. it's all downhill from there,
2: so uh Oh, were the were the, the Snooty people, were they anyone? Did we get the crack research team on that? Um, I don't think so. Let me double couple
1: <laughs> me... of nobodies. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I didn't I didn't recognize them. <laughs> well, uh, yeah. To, to the point where I didn't even reach out to the crack research team, but mm. uh let me take That it
2: could on. just mean that they're really good actors. It was actually Edward James almost. <laughs> 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 he just didn't recognize him. He disappeared into the character of Smythe the Snooty preschool.
1: <laughs> These people are gonna preschool? Like who do they think they are? Right? Seriously. Like your charges are gonna like poop themselves. I know. Uh the lady has been in a lot of stuff, but just yeah. like her
3: name is Meryl Streep.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh just this kind of stuff in a lot of different shows. Just always plays the snooty. Uh just like a one off, like maybe enough of a character to get a name instead of just a general description. Yeah. But not anything notable. As for Edward James Almos <laughs> Um Yeah. I mean similar similar scenarios. Much less for Edward James Almos. Yeah, he's in more stuff. Or he's in less stuff. He's in less stuff than the other uh, than the gal.
2: So yeah, there you go. Stand and deliver, though. It's classic. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right, uh, David. If someone online wanted to send you a rubber sex suit with zippers for eyes, how might they contact you to go about that?
3: Well, definitely my uh, my address is a one one one. Uh, Twitter, at Dr. Brits, Dr. spelled out, and at the com. when I figure out what to write next now, I guess, I don't know.
2: Or you can just, you can just Google rubber sex suit if you want to see pictures of David all.
1: <laughs> all the ones you find, that's David. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ryan, how about you, uh, sex suit delivery contact options?
2: I have a website, it's ohyesverynice.com, there's a contact page in which you can get in touch with me about rubber sex suits. Um, and I was off the social media for a while, now I'm sort of dabbling in it.
1: Yeah, I saw, Um, I saw some, like, tweets, some tweets and retweets from Ryan, I was like, oh, he's back! Yeah, well, it's like, I didn't get on for a month, and then
2: I got on and I looked at it, and I was just like, eh, still No. (laughs) <laughs> but I'd say, like, once or twice a week or something. And I've noticed, like, if I look at Facebook for a minute, I'll start, you just start to fall into this thing, you know? Oh, yeah, totally. And it's totally. like, I would just, it's easy to just not be on it once you get off, though, I gotta say. So I basically have the same um, relationship with social media as I have with crack cocaine. <laughs> so oh yes very nice this is my handle on social media you can find me
1: all right as for me you can find me on twitter at austin gorton and you can read my writing at the real of as well as for the show we are a very special episode you can find our website at a very special episode we are on twitter at avse pod And you can email us at AVSEpodcast at gmail.com. Certainly, you can uh, hit us up via email, Twitter, or our Facebook page. Um, Give us suggestions for future episodes or shows that you'd like to see us cover. And uh, you can also download us and uh, rate and review us on iTunes. We are also available on Google Play, Podbean, and Stitcher, if that is more your speed.
2: Wait, do, do we want to talk about the summer
1: thing coming up? Oh yeah, I should probably do something about that. So yeah, um, and starting uh, with our next episode, we will be uh, beginning our annual summer theme marathon, in which uh, each of the four hosts. Selects an episode that fits within a specific theme that was voted on by you, our listeners, or at the very least, a segment of you who took the time to vote during the period of time that we were accepting those votes. Should we say, like, what the four were and then announce what won? That sounds kind of fun. Sure. (laughs) The... Uh, the four options that we put out to a vote uh, this time around were uh, our Single Actor Showcase, in which we would review uh, four episodes from four different shows, all featuring the same actor, uh, NBC's Must See TV, four episodes from the, uh, the venerable Must See TV lineup on NBC from the, from the 90s, uh, One Season Wonders, episodes from shows that only ran uh, one season or less, and big name guest stars, episodes featuring uh, guest stars who uh, whose fame uh, dwarfs that of uh, of the show that they're on, and uh, with a with a fairly handy margin, just about fifty percent of the overall vote, the winner was One Season Wonders. Mm-hmm. So our next four episodes after this one will feature episodes from TV shows oh, yeah. that. We have to review an one entire season.
3: season of Small Wonder. Each of us,
1: <laughs> <laughs> one season wonders. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, uh, one season wonders coming your way for the rest of the summer. Uh, up next,
2: yeah, and I guess you'll have to wait till the episodes come out to get the uh, the reveal.
1: Yeah, stay tuned to our uh, as always, stay tuned to our Facebook page for uh, a little a little tease as to what episode may be coming up. Uh, on the Thursday before a new episode comes out So for a very special episode I am Austin Gordon, And I am off to take my Zorro costume to the cleaners
0: That was a very special episode We dissected that shit from head to toe Did the time fly by or was it slow Got so many life lessons Oh how we've grown Seen so much TV that we're gonna Explode next time on a very special episode.